following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Let's talk, but no politics okay. Proudly dedicates all episodes to the loving memory of Constance Chirac, who was one of the biggest supporters of the show. And we like to say thank you for everything that you have done. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk But No Politics Okay here on the BICBP Radio Network. I am your host, Andrew Lenz, coming to you every Sunday. And before we get into today's topic, here is a message from our sponsor. On the next Golden Girls, Sophia loses her job. You have to deliver these on your break. In your dreams. I'm a French I laid out, teamster. Finding work hits a sour note. On my right, take five. Even a seagull stopped listening. And everyone's paying the price. I never saw a more perfect piece of fruit. Then try kissing my behind. It's a real peach. Earning a living on the next Golden Girls. Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. on WKTV. You work so closely together, it's almost like a marriage. Yeah, but on a show, there's no escape. <laughs> when you're on a set with the other guys, whether you want to be or not. Fortunately, we all got along great. Right. After 11 years, you really get to know your fellow castmates. You know, the likes, dislikes, their moves. John, John, I don't think I've ever seen this side of your face before. Oh, sorry. Didn't mean to take your stool. It's freaking me out. Cheers, weeknights at 10, 9 central on Nick at Night. Home again. All right, so today we have returning guest, uh, Mr. Bryce Benjamin, Woo-hoo. who is Ed. who is uh, my version of me when it comes to other podcasts, always there to yes, just sir. hop in and, you know, step in. Hey, man, you know, I come in, I come in, I come in like the microwave, man. I just come in shooting threes. Call me J.R. Smith. You feel me? <laughs> yeah, but Put you know how many timeouts? Do you know how many yeah, timeouts you got? <laughs> I, I keep track of the timeouts, guys. That's for sure. I make sure we keep track of those timeouts. I ain't trying to, you know what I mean, have, have my LeBron James finals moment with you. So, <laughs> But today, in the light of the new Bel Air series, and one that I just came to mind is Riverdale, we are going to take... Cla- each take one classic sitcom and turn it into a drama and talk about how the setting might be different and just pretty much take the characters from these lovable characters into characters you just might not hate or you might hate or characters that you're going to be like, wow, that guy needs to get some help. Yeah, bro. So when you can when you get, when you brought this, uh, uh, brought the subject up to me, um, you caught me right at the perfect time. Because the, the you know the show that I'm going to be doing is going to be uh, the Golden Girls. You know, me and my girl have been watching the Golden Girls recently, and uh, ever since like we seen the trailer to the Bel Air that they now flipping into the drama and everything of that nature from a sitcom, and then you brought that concept up to me. I was like, yo, I could probably do that with the Golden Girls too. So all right, this is going to be pretty fun. I'm looking forward to this one. Yeah, I got. I'm going to be doing Cheers. Because I feel like Cheers has got so much room to just completely tear down and make people be like, wow, <laughs> there's some messed up stuff going on in there. Yeah. But the Golden Girls, I can't wait to hear this one. I, can, mm-hmm. I, I got an idea, but I can't wait to hear this one because Golden Girls is like beloved. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I can. And first of all. I've watched Golden Girls when I was a kid, but I didn't get, I didn't understand Golden Girls as a kid. You know what I mean? Like it was just a show that I was on in the morning when, you know, if I stay home from school or whatever like that. Right. So then, you know, when Betty White passed away, um, they put it on, on Hulu. I was like, yo, let's watch Golden Girls. I think I heard it was pretty good. And, uh, we, you know, we was hooked after the first two episodes. You know, we're about, we're about two seasons in getting ready to start season three. And the jokes in there is just like the, the, the jokes are phenomenal. Like you just got these old ass women, just savages. They're all just savages going at one another, and then you got like the savage of all savages and Sophia, who just like crushes anybody that is like in the same atmosphere as her. So, 
I could definitely tell why the show is beloved, man. Um, the, the facial expressions, the, the, the jokes, the inside jokes, uh, that everybody gets it. Like every, every group of people get it. Rather you're black, you're Jewish, you're gay. Uh, it don't matter who it is, man. You're, you're going to get these jokes off. And it's kind of funny, man. Like, like, damn, I'm like, I'm watching the sitcom and it's like, you hear some, like some cringy stuff. And it's like, yo, you will never hear this in today's, in today's sitcom, uh, economy, you know? <laughs> I noticed that with a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm sitting there watching and I'm like, whoa, we can't do that today. Mm-hmm. But I think that's what makes good eighties. Even the seventies got some good, good shows. 70s, 80s, 90s, maybe early 2000s, I would have to say. Some really great shows. But let's hear how you would turn the Golden Girls into a drama. All right. So with the Golden Girls, it's kind of like I'm pretty sure anybody listening to this podcast and kind of know the concept of the Golden Girls. But just in case. All right. So there's a bunch of basically uh, four older, uh, mostly widowed women um, that's living together in Miami, Florida, you know. So you got, uh, Dorothy, you got Rose Nyland, you got, uh, Blanche Devereaux, and you got Dorothy's mother, Sophia, all living under one roof, living with, uh, uh, Blanche and basically like a Miami ranch style one floor home that's very beautiful, very laid out. And, you know, they're living their golden lives together. Like they're all portrayed in their, in their mid to late fifties. And Sophia is portrayed in her, uh, early eighties. And they're just kind of living out their lives and, you know, dating and uh, working still and just going through everyday life and drama and everything of that nature. Um, and they're just cracking jokes the whole time. So it was a very lovable show, but it got layers to it. You know, it got some layers to it where if you dive a little deep into it for each character and you could kind of just come up with like a different story for them. And then once you put them all under one roof can kind of create a lot of chaos. All right. So this is where I'm going with this. So let's just, I'm going to kind of go through each character, right? So with Rose Nyland, um, that's portrayed by Betty White, of course, RIP to Betty. Uh, she's from St. Olaf, Minnesota, which is just like this real, which is portrayed as like this real country, uh, country bumpkin. Um, she lived, she grew up on a farm and she, you know, was adopted actually. <clears throat> she's adopted, grew up on a farm. Um, very like happy childhood is what she's portrayed. Like she's very, like very sweet, very caring, very enduring. Um, her husband, she, you know, I think they was married for about 18 years and then he passed away. Um, so then that's why she, you know, now is living in Miami and everything of that nature there. But she's like the, the like the nicest lady you ever leave. Like, like this is the lady that every kid pretty much dreams of their how their grandma or every every tv show back then will portray like their grandma just this loving sweet old lady right so you got her and then you got uh blanche you know blanche Devereaux, southern bell um you know that real southern heavy accent the same mannerisms uh just and just like the biggest you know, I don't want to call her, I don't want to call her a, a hoe or anything like that, no. but she gets around. You see, yeah. she, she gets around, you know, she, she ex- very sexually expressive. How about there that? There you go. I like that one. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Very sexually expressive. So she gets around with, you know, a lot of men and she, she's so self-conscious about how she looks and, you know, everything of that nature there, but she has a good heart. You know, she loves her friends. She's always there for her friends and everything of that nature there. Um, and she's staring at her house with all these people, you know. Um, you have Dorothy, who uh, was divorced, right? She's divorced from her husband after her husband cheated on her. Um, you know, she brought her mother in to come live with them. Sophia, she's a teacher, very well educated. Uh, she's kind of like the glue to the show, you know, the the, the most balanced. Um, the, she she's kind of the one that always like goes to her mother for advice but it seems like the girls always go to her for advice you know so you got dorothy and then you got sophia who is just the ultimate savage of savages you know always giving out good advice the 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 old italian mom that came from uh sicily came over made it establish a life in america uh you know raised her children um worked her ass off and you know you get she she you get why she's a savage. She doesn't have no filter. She's been through life, man. She's eighty years old. Like, what does she gotta 
who she got a sugarcoat stuff for. Like I'm, I'm I got a few years to live. I'm I'm here. <laughs> so that's pretty much the background of uh, all the characters, and they kind of just go through different hijinks and whatnot. Now, if we put this in 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 drama mode, right? Let's put our drama lenses on, Andrew. Okay. See what I did there? Yeah. Let's put our drama lenses on, right? What if their backstories were a little bit darker than what they was given to us, right? So here, let me let me start off with uh with uh Sophia. Let's start off with her, right? So coming over from Sicily, coming over from Italy, she came over to New York and you know, growing up in school, we learned how difficult it was for a lot of these immigrants um that was coming over to this new world where the people that was already established in this country you know, if you didn't speak English or if you spoke with an accent, or if you looked different and things of that nature there, um, you know, you was, you was, you was sanctioned off into a certain part of the city. You was treated very, very poorly. You're working like these terrible jobs and things of that nature there. So that's never really brought up with Sophia, but we got to imagine she's been through all of that because she's coming over in like the, the, you know, the early 1900s. You know what I mean? She's coming over as a, as a younger girl at 12 years old. Um, what if, you know, during her, her time growing up, she just went through like, like hell after hell after hell with, uh, you know, her family, her daughter trying to raise all of her kids and everything of that nature. And because of the hardship that she's been through all of her life, rather it's being poorly treated in America. Um, you know, not necessarily being well educated. Um, not necessarily being financially well off, you know, just kind of working the, the jobs to kind of meet ends make make ends meet and get her kids through life right then her kids through all through life kind of just made her this bitter old woman that she eventually became in her you know now in her uh, early 80s and instead of like these savage jokes where you know we look at it and laugh like oh wow okay Sophia, that come on man that's funny now those savage jokes ain't so funny no more like this is like just she's just a a, a, a miserable cranky person you know, just always mad and angry and just spitting at people. Um, and like, okay, yeah, she loves her kids and she loves her daughter and things of that nature there, but it's because like that's what she's told to do, not necessarily because that's how she feels. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she's it's more abusive than just uh, a rib. It's right. It's straight up verbal abuse. Exactly, exactly my point, man. Because you hear some of the jokes, like like at, even at her own daughter, like saying her daughter be looking like a man, and like she's never gonna get a man because how she looks, and she's so tall and awkward and ugly. Like I'm like, damn, she's really going at Dorothy, and it's funny, you know, it's, it's definitely funny in the sitcom version. But if we're doing in drama, um, that can that can mess you up, bro. You know, yeah. that could that could really mess you up. And you know, her husband that her husband died um, when she's about sixty five years old, so. That like I would say that after her husband died, um, that's when she just completely flipped. Like it was just like she just completely became like an unbearable person. And the only person that really wanted to deal with her is her daughter Dorothy, who she's living with. Because the other kids, keep in mind, she got two other kids. Uh, I think three other kids. Excuse me. Um, but the, we never really hear we never hear really hear about the other kids. Like her son, I think it's like Frankie or Richie or something like that, and then her other daughter. Um, who we've seen one time in the show so far from, you know, from what I've seen so far. So that's why her kids don't want to deal with her. That's why only Dorothy is the one that's willing to accept and love her for who she is and, you know, would have her live with her as opposed to, um, living in a retirement home, shady, shady side retirement home. And deep down, Dorothy knows that her mother has love but just doesn't know how to express it or expresses in different ways and you know even though she's being verbally abused by sophia all the time and everything of that nature she kind of just rolls with it in the hope of that maybe she returns to that mother that she 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 loved at some point in time you know before her father passed away and in before the sophia became this bitter old woman so that's that aspect of it sounds like <clears throat> Like, uh, have you seen The Sopranos? Um, bits and pieces of it. Sounds like she turns into the mother from The Sopranos. Mm. Like, she just says, like, the most messed up things. She's just, like, depressing. I think at one point in The Sopranos, they compare, he compares his mother to a black hole where it just mm -hmm. sucks everything in and just destroys yeah. everything. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That same concept. That same concept, man. Just everything that's like nobody wants to be around her. She's just miserable. Like, you know, you know, we've we all seen those miserable ass people. Like we yeah. we all been around that. Yeah. So all right. So then like, branching off of that. So now with Dorothy, how that's affected her life. All right. So Dorothy, she's a school teacher, you know, very poetic, very, very astute, very uh she has a presence about her. You know, she's always the tallest one in the room, typically, especially out of all the girls there. And because of her upbringing, right? So keep in mind that Sophia was her mother. Um, You know, childhood wasn't the most loving household, but her mother made sure that she got through school and she 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 got through college. She got her education and brought her up well, Um, but never really taught her about relationships and how to be a woman you know what i mean not like how to be be not so reliant how sophia was with her spouse and everything of that nature there and kind of just let people like abuse her in a emotional way and where i'm getting at with this one is you know dorothy got married um to her husband stan i think his name is stanley and, you know, they had a couple of kids together and did the whole nine yards and, you know, bought the house and he tried a business and the business failed. And, you know, she's she'd been through it all. And then eventually her husband um, cheated on her, you know, had an affair and eventually uh, left her. Um, now, in the, in the drama sense of it, like we can get a, we can get really dark with this one here. So the whole time that she's married, she's just being abused, just mentally, emotionally. Um, you can even say physically. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go necessarily physically, but I mean, back then, you know, that was more common, yeah. more so. Yeah. So we could say physically there, and um, she kind of just like accepted it because this is what her mother was basically telling her to do. You know, hey, this is what you got to deal with as a woman. You know, you got to just kind of take all of this and just shut up. And Dorothy allows this to happen, even though she she expects her husband been cheating on her all these throughout the all these years, and um, just becomes one of those things where eventually, when her husband does finally you know cheat and and leaves her, and like she just you know kind of has this like a breakdown, just kind of has like a mental breakdown where she she doesn't know how to accept love anymore. She doesn't know how to be able to go out on a date with somebody and you know, be treated well. And she's always just standoffish with men, even if there's like a good man in her life. Um, she just pushes him away and never really wants to get to have, know anybody anymore, have somebody get to know her. Um, but instead, she kind of confides with her mother and then eventually her friends that she moved into this uh, this household with. Um, but, you know, still, you know, a sweet lady, you know, still, you know, a great teacher and everything of that nature there, just emotionally out of whack with what it means to to be in love, to be a loving person with somebody, you know, to have that affection with someone. So, All right. So that is it like a mask is what you're saying. Like when she's teaching right. she's this big, you know, come on into my class. I'm your teacher, Mrs. Bornick. But then when it gets down to the nitty gritty and she goes home. That's when everything falls apart. Right. And you can tell that she's trying to keep it together, but every now and then she has these, like, these breakdowns and, you know, things of that nature there. So, um, so that's the, that's the backstory I kind of came up for, for Rose or for, excuse me, for Dorothy. Um, now for Rose, Rose is pretty much portrayed as like this kind of goody two shoe, right? You know, everything was kind of nice and growing up and everything of that nature there. But, um, I kind of did my research on her. Um, and it turns out like, okay, so she was actually adopted. Um, because her biological father, mother, uh, mother and father, um, you know, had her and basically dropped her off at an orphanage. So for the first eight, nine years of her life in the orphanage, uh, that was her first eight, nine years in the orphanage before getting adopted by some farmers <laughs> from, from Scandinavian, Scandinavian fathers. So in this scenario, obviously any kid growing up in a system, now I can't relate to this, obviously. I never grew up in a system myself, but from what I've heard and what I've studied, um, kids growing up in the system have can have a rough time, especially back in these days here. So she grew up in the orphanage for the first eight, nine years of her life where, you know, that can be just horrible. Um, and then eventually she gets adopted by these these Norwegian farmers. So she goes and does live on this farmland. Right. 
And okay, that's cool. She's a dairy farmer. She's getting all the everything done with that. But this isn't the life that she necessarily uh, expected or wanted. But because she's finally getting that love and affection that she's been craving for this whole time, um, she sort of just like puts on a, a, a mask as well. And just like everything is okay, everything is fine. But in reality, she's just like stressed the hell out the whole time, right? And then she finally meets her 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 husband, Charlie. Now, for everything we learned about Charlie, like Charlie's a great guy. You know, he works, he takes care of his family, um, he makes sure everything's good. So Rose finally found that that partner, that 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 person that shares his heart with her, and she finally got love and affection, and you know. Um, and then Charlie dies after 18 years. And I think this devastates Rose, like, like, like devastation to the umph degree. And now at this point in time, um, Rose tries to, she's basically the opposite of Dorothy, where she tries to fill his gap, Charlie's gap by just trying to be there for everybody and everyone. And just like saying yes to everything in terms of like, we're you know, helping people out and, she becomes a yes woman, yeah. you know, she essentially becomes a yes woman. And because of this, this tendency to just say yes to everything and always trying to help people out, she eventually, you know, goes broke, you know, loses all of her money, um, Ooh. trying to help all these people out in there. Right. You, you feel yeah. me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah just kind of loses all of her money and just like, it's just financial hell and, you know, has no, really has no way out, you know, just trying to dig herself out. And, um, can't really, you know, she's working these odds and end jobs and things of that nature there to the point where she becomes homeless and she can't afford rent. She can't afford no place to live or anything like that. So now she's staying at um, some type of shelter and, um, you know, she's still a sweetheart and everything of that nature there. She's just going through the financial hardship that a lot of folks have been going through. Um, but eventually, you know, she she runs into Blanche and, um, you know, they become roommates eventually. Which kind of leads me, which leads me to Blanche, Blanche's black backstory for this, for this, for this drama. So with Blanche, we all know, we you know, we know Blanche how she gets it in and everything of that nature there. Um, and for her, and I'm sorry, man, a lot of this stuff is just kind of coming off of like the love aspect, but it kind of makes sense. Just like I'm kind of trying to use how the character is and just kind of put a different spin to how they became how they are, right? So with Blanche, um, I had a lot of fun with her, where how how develop her character. So she's growing up in in segregated Southern U.S. United States of America. So it's easy to just already paint her as just you know that Southern belle who uh, you know is is prejudiced. Let's say that she's you know very very prejudiced. Well, you could go um, you could go like the other side too, like the prejudice, like. When it comes to the South in that time, there's there's the prejudice side, but you could go with the side where it's like completely taboo, mm-hmm. where maybe she did have, you know, a black boyfriend or she snuck out and she went to these, you know, African-American restaurants and stuff like that, because there's that other taboo side. So I there's a lot to unpack with Branch, Blanche in like a dramatic sense. You kind of, yeah, you bro, you just really beat me to the punch. I was going yeah. down that route. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, low key, like, you know, because of her father, who, you know, she, which is hilarious to me, she proclaims as Big Daddy, which is like just the typical, like, when I heard that, I just thought of Django automatically. <laughs> so, you know, she got, she got her father, Big Daddy, who, you know, they lived on a plantation. Um, the family, the family basically are slave owners, right? Right. So this is this is where I'm coming at with it. So her family has a history of slavery in this country. Um, So she grew up in that type of environment where that family, you know, looks down on on certain people, especially black folks. Uh, But low key, you know, Blanche had a little jungle fever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Blanche is out there getting it in with the with the brothers and whatnot. Um, Big Daddy caught wind of this caught her with her boyfriend who so happened to be black and it's going to get a little dark and stay with me on this one man uh, okay yeah so you know big daddy ain't going for this and unfortunately the brother that was messing with blanche um you know what so happened to a lot of people a lot of my people back then uh eventually gets lynched right so then with blanche now she with her witnessing that growing up uh growing up as a girl so let's say that happens in like her teenage years right 
So now she just completely separates from her family. If you see it completely separates from, from, from big daddy and things of that nature there. And she goes out and go lives her life because she doesn't want big daddy controlling how she's supposed to act and how she's supposed to be and who she's supposed to be with and everything of that nature there. And the person that was murdered, you know, that was her first love. That was the first, the first and only man that she felt like she really loved and cared for. She just so happened to be a black man. Um, so now she can never really go love again. Um, you know, she gets married eventually, but is never really the guy, her first original love. So never really lives up to it. And she, that's the reason why she just kind of goes from man to man to man to man to man to man to man, just trying to fill that void, just trying to, just trying to, you know, capture what she had when she was younger with that first love that she had and never really gets to it. And I want to throw an STD in there, but at the same time, I kind of don't. But I think one of those episodes, they had to deal with something like that. You know what I mean? I got a question for you. Yes. Yes, sir. All right. So Blanche gets caught Mm -hmm. with her first boyfriend. He's black. Big Daddy catches her. Does she deny it or does she confess her love to him or confess that she loves him? She would have to confess the love. She she, she confessed the love. Yeah. Yeah. Big Daddy, that's my baby. We love each other. We're going to get married. Because one I was wondering if it was like one of those ones where she's like, yeah, this is what I believe in, or I'm going to protect myself and be like, yeah, I don't know what he was doing. He's doing. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. Like, I did not he, think about that. You know what I'm saying? Because I have a feeling that happened. You know, like you said, like you said, you know, some white women down south got some jungle fever, whatever. And then all of a sudden they get caught and you play that game where it, he he because you could do that i mean right i messed up the world was down south back then you could do that where it was like oh he came after me mm-hmm. and then all of a that's sudden a they're gonna believe her and then it's gonna happen that's you where, know what that's that's, that's i like that i like that i like that I, thank you for chiming then, in on that one and then the guilt like if you go that way the guilt eats at her too and that's another reason why she can't find love because she doesn't want to she feels like she doesn't want to betray, like betray somebody again okay and that's why okay. she's with rose is because she's trying to repent for what she did to this guy man then this is the reason why so all these ladies converge in now to this house they're all looking for roommates i like that that's let's roll with that let's roll with that backstory all i'm right. feeling that one i'm feeling that one i'm mad i didn't think of that one good stuff good stuff <laughs> All right, so let's, all right, so then this is the, this is my conclusion here. So now all these girls just convene into this one household, all these different personalities, all of these different backstories, all of this drama that's, that's going on. And they're kind of just experiencing it all in this household. And we're just seeing it all play out. Um, how they're able to just kind of get through day to day life, you know? And just it's one of those things where in, in this in this drama in in this type of drama atmosphere, basically anything can happen. You know, some dude comes over and then uh uh starts beating on Dorothy one of these days and you know they 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 all are trying to, you know, figure out, okay, how can we get through this situation? How can we help our friend get through the situation? Um they all are in some type of like some type of therapy sessions and things of that nature there and I mean they're living in Miami right so they they they're all just like in this retirement home section and all these different like trying to scam these old dudes and stuff for for money and everything of that nature there and you know just just a bunch of different like it kind of just branches off in all these different areas of where we can kind of go from there but main thing I wanted to establish is the backstory of all these women um they all try to find they all fly to South Mi- South Miami to kind of find themselves and to try to start a second life after going through all of this you know everything that they've been through and trying to live out the last of their the remaining golden years trying to find happiness trying to find love trying to find acceptance acceptance trying to find friendship um and yeah, let's say you know eventually eventually in this drama everything kind of you know hopefully works out for them that sounds good see i would watch that one too i would definitely blanche i fell ahead like the most that you could use just because of the time period yeah she would have grew up in and how yeah. messed up. Like Dorothy's from New York. Right. New York is New York. 
it's they probably like you said stayed mostly in little italy i mean you mentioned the immigrants how they were treated that's pretty much how the mob started and everything else mm-hmm. but i like i like the i like the blanche one i think she's got the best story and then Sophia, you can, I mean, with the mob's connections and stuff like that, you could definitely dive into a yeah. little bit of that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe her family was part of the mob. Maybe she comes you know? as, like, this this female Don that you don't right. want to see. And then all of a sudden, she get, she could get locked up. Mm-hmm. And then Dorothy doesn't know anything, or she takes the fall for her husband so he doesn't get locked up. And then Dorothy doesn't know her mom, and then it's a whole new relationship afterwards. Like they gotta start mm-hmm. like a whole new relationship on everything. You gotta start fresh on everything. Yeah. Dorothy's sister, uh, excuse me, Sophia's sister, uh, might have committed like some type of murder, some type yeah. of hit for the mob or something like that. And now she's got to be on the run, so she goes back to Sicily. That there's there's so much. I I really like this idea to do this. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why I was like, we're only gonna do one each because I feel like. Later on down the line, we could definitely do a part two. That's a fact. Two new, two new, completely different sitcoms. So mine was Cheers. Mm-hmm. Cheers is set in a bar in Boston, Massachusetts, and the owner of the bar. I'm only going to use the original main cast from like season one because I'm not going to go into like Frasier, Woody. There's so many characters, you know, Rebecca. So I'm just going to go with the main characters from about like season one and season one pretty much so the owner of the bar is sam sam malone he's this womanizing this is how he is in the show in a way he's a womanizing recovering alcoholic ex relief pitcher for the red sox who owns a bar then there's diane chambers who is this socialite and she is very well educated and just always she seems like she's a know-it-all and very well, very well off either way. Next one is my man, Coach Ernie Papuso, who is was Sam's old uh, pitching coach and friend to him. You know, guy that you go to a little, a uh, little dim-witted. You know, he says some weird stuff that just don't make that just doesn't make any sense. But overall, a good guy. Then you have Carla Tor. I can't even say her name anymore. Tortelli. There it is. Tortelli. She's like the Sophia. She's a wisecracker, says some things, but once again, she has her ex-husband, Nick, who cheated on her, that she paid Mm. for him to go to TV repairman school, and she's also a single mother with five kids, and she's a cocktail waitress in this bar. Then you got Norm Peterson, who's the bar regular, occasionally employed as an accountant, just always drinking beer constantly just sitting at this bar has a wife talks about the wife but you don't ever see the wife and the next one is cliff cleveland he's a this is definitely thinks he knows it all but not really know it all mailman uh pretty much all the butts of carla's jokes go to cliff because he's Mm -hmm. just kind of that awkward individual so what i would do is is starting off i'm going to start off with sam so Sam, to turn this up a notch, is he's a recovering alcoholic. He's a baseball player, a former baseball player. So he works in a bar. So every day he has to struggle with wanting to drink. And you can make it even harder on him where he wants to drink, where he can, you know, think about drinking. He might have a drink. He might have a bottle in his desk somewhere that nobody knows and you know he could say that he's this many years sober but not really because life gets hard and he just wants to take a shot but also the woman side of things where he's this womanizer he hits on women and everything else and a lot of a lot of pickup lines where it gets him into trouble like sexual Mm -hmm. harassment uh Mm. maybe borderline sexual assault in a way I would, I would even almost say I wouldn't go that far, but just the words. I'm going more words, right? And he's also in a on and off again relationship with Diane that is totally just 100 percent toxic. Mm, okay, so there's a lot of Diane says stuff to him to make him feel. She does this regularly in the show. You can see it, but you can't see it. Like make him feel like he's underneath her. Because she's more educated, her parents are very well off. 
So he's always, this is where the drinking comes in too. Like when she just starts nailing them with, you know, I read books, you read comic books, you know, baseball is a crap sport or something like that. Just putting them down, putting them down. And this is another reason why he sneaks a drink every once in a while because he mm. just feels dominated by Diane who just actually thinks that she's just way better than everybody because like I said, her parents are, are well, are wealthy and she, she's educated. So he's using the bottle as like the escape. Yeah, he's usually about okay. to escape, but nobody really knows. So, like, everybody yeah. thinks he's been sober for years, but nobody knows about, like, he's got it. You know, you see stuff where people hide him in the toilet or in in drawers or something like that. Like, in the back of the office somewhere, he might have a secret compartment where he's got a bottle of JD just chilling there. Mm, just gonna, okay. And he's just going to, you know, maybe somewhere in his apartment gets pissed off. You know, Diane's got me down. I don't know if I want to be with her or not. I mean... That's kind of like in the show of that where they're always breaking up, but you can make it so much harder where he it's love hate to the point where he needs to drink himself to sleep at night. Right. After these arguments. Uh, I'm not I don't even know if I want to touch on coach, but Carla is, I think, the same way as as the way that you describe Sophia is she just becomes this bitter, hateful person because her husband left her. She's probably she's she's borderline, you know, just absolutely broke. Well, those people that got like thirty four cents in their in their bank account because she had to pay for him to go to TV school. She's got five kids. She doesn't know how to do it. So with the kid aspect, is maybe there's like some CPS stuff because she's got to work. She's working at a bar. I mean, that's not really a daytime job. So she's got to work at the bar overnight and maybe, you know, kids get rowdy. They're getting into trouble. So now she's got to deal with this home life of worrying about who's going to watch her kids, who's going to. And if there is no way to watch her kids, can she leave the kids at home without having problems, maybe from some nosy neighbor or neighbors that need to call up and be like, hey, there's five kids in there. Nobody's watching them. And then she's got to explain herself. You know, I'm a single mom. Husband left me. I got nothing to do. I got I got nobody to really watch him. Norm is a good one too because, like I said, he's this guy. He just sits at a bar. He's sometimes employed, sometimes on un- most of the time he's unemployed, and he just sits there and he drinks. And okay. and kind of like Sam, he in, in the same sense where he drinks because he is unemployed and he knows he can't afford what he wants. And he knows that he can do more, but he's just kind of like this lazy loser that just slimes his way through life. Like, I'm taking away the lovable loser. Yeah, I'm taking away the lovable loser, Norm. I'm going to put in this depressed, just... Okay. You ever see the... You probably know somebody or met somebody that just kind of like slimes their way through life. This bare minimum, don't want to try anything, don't want to go the extra mile. Just, if I can sit somewhere... And do absolutely nothing and just drink or whatever, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's Norm. But he's also at home. He's got his wife, like I said, that we never see. So we could get into a, get into the home dynamic. He goes home after he's been sitting at the bar all day. You know, Sam is probably, because Sam needs to feed his habit, his secret habit, once again, of alcohol and, you know, run the business. And so he's hounded Norm for a bar tab and everything else, you know, pay that bar tab, pay that bar tab. Norm doesn't have the money. So he goes home and he like just verbally abuses his wife or he goes through almost, dare I say, like crackhead status. You know, I got to pay this or Sam's going to come after me. Not so much to that extent, but he's, you know, trying to sell stuff, maybe taking a ring and see what he could get from Sam just so he can get just so he could get another drink. Just yeah. on getting the drink, you know, I'm going to take this, I'm going to do this, just to get that drink, just to get that drink. Right. And, you know, at one point, the wife kicks him out, and he's just pretty much living in some crappy motel. But once again, he's just breaking into his house when the wife's not home, just trying to find stuff, just to pay that tab, just so he can be in that the setting and put on that facade, like everything's cool, like he actually is looking for a job. Right. So he is doing trying to do something with his life, but in reality, he ain't doing nothing. Cliff, on the other hand, 
I, oh, yeah, this is this is this is this is getting really good. By the way, just letting you know, you're doing a really okay. good job. All right, <laughs> so Cliff, Cliff is the mama's boy. He lives with his mama, and he's like a know-it-all. Everybody's always, you know, making fun of him because he takes being a mailman like seriously, like it's going to be in the military. He does it in the show, but in this one, people find it annoying, like even more than what they do. So they just bag on him even more, bag on him even more, make fun of him because he's living with his mom. You know. You know, why don't you get a new place? Why don't you do this? He can't find love. So, you know, he hangs out at Cheers just for that camaraderie once again. And, but he goes home to, you know, this house and it's empty, has no girl. Uh, I'm going to say the mother is one of those like older ladies that are like, I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't care anymore. So he's sitting there eating like TV dinners, hungry man meals. Mother's just always out having a good time living her life and just completely left him to himself. Mm. And he just does nothing all day. But other than work, go to Cheers, come home, eats, and like just cries himself to sleep because he doesn't feel any love. Mm. His mother gave him love when he was younger. But, you know, she reached a certain age. He reached a certain age where he was raised. So, She's not going to do anything for him anymore. She's always out doing something, and he's just sitting there like, ah, I got no wife. I got no kids. All I do is deliver mail, go to the bar and drink, and I try and find friendship at this bar, but all I do is make fun of me because I live with my mom, and just he's just totally destroyed to the point where he's like borderline suicidal, and he's got to go gotta go seek therapy and everything else but it's still the still main concept of cheers you know going where everybody knows your name but these people all have these iceberg realities that we're seeing more and more out you you see more outside of the bar like if you watch the show it's the bar right but when it could just branch out into the drama of these people go to the bar and they try to get along and they try and find that try and find that missing piece or that missing piece of motivation or something in their life. And it just, when they, that's the only time where they get a little bit of happiness. But once they leave, it's like the whole world just falls apart. Yeah, they mm-hmm. got to go back to the reality of eating alone or knowing that your girl thinks less of you because you're not educated. So you hide the fact that you're no longer a recovering alcoholic. You're just this guy that does it every once in a while when he needs to you know, knock himself out or something of that nature. Yeah, need to need to relax. Yeah. That's used to relax. And I don't know how to do it with Coach. I mean, he's just kind of, uh, you could kind of say he's a naive guy. He's a naive guy in the show. So you could say he's a naive guy that keeps on losing his money to scammers and stuff like that. But he doesn't want anybody to know about it because he doesn't want anybody to feel sorry for him. Mm, so he's always just falling for like the pyramid schemes and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. he's like doing get rich quick schemes outside because he's falling for it. Or you know the guy, you know your computer system's messed up, and because you could, I mean, I could put it in pretty much any reality or anything like that. And he's just kind of always getting mixed up in that stuff. But he doesn't really want to say anything to anybody because he doesn't want to put his problems onto anybody else. Because in a way, he's the guy that's still trying to help everybody else. But inside, he's still hurting because he can't solve his own problems because he's too busy trying to solve everybody else's problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's how feeling that. That's how I would. That's how I would do it. It would just be far more branched out and then darkened everything. Yes. Just darkened and show them going home and just being miserable instead of showing this happy-go-lucky scene at Cheers all the time. Do your so your joint. Man, you did a really good job. So with yours, I was I was I would watch that I would watch that show, and then I would I would want that show to come out with a movie. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I would want that show to be like I need a movie of this show. Yeah, it's like I I just feel like when I was watching it because I watch it constantly. I've watched every single episode of Cheers at least twice. Like, nice. How is, many seasons is it? It's it ran for a long time. What? How many seasons was this? Eleven seasons. Okay. It ran from, I think, 82, 82 to 93. Okay. Had a real good run. Yeah. So that was, uh, that's what, and I'm, and when I was thinking about Bel Air, I thought of this and how more darker it could be. Like all sitcoms do a little bit of drama. Right. But it gets solved in 30 minutes. 
Right. Yeah. They don't, they don't deep dive into it. Not like what we just put it out too, like the golden girls and, and cheers. And that's why I was like, man, I could really darken cheers because I watched it for <laughs> so damn long that right. you get to know the characters. There's other characters like there's Frasier. Everybody knows Frasier, but I, I just wanted to stick to stick to the original main cast. Okay. Yeah. Cause you could go into Frasier. Cause if you just a little thing, cause I've watched every single episode. So Frasier has talked about his parents and his parents are different than what he says from the actual Frasier show. Mm-hmm. And now that could be another thing. If I did want to dig into it, maybe he is putting on this facade because he's a, he's an educated therapist and he doesn't want people to know that his dad was just some Seattle cop. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Kind of, he kind of, he's kind of ashamed of his parents. Yeah. Like I'm this guy and I've, I've reached the pinnacle over my parents, but yet I still have those. I'm still kind of like my dad. Cause if you watch Frasier, his dad would be the type of person that would hang out at Cheers as well. But mm-hmm. Frazier needs to feel like he's above his dad because of some sort of like father-son hatred of each other. Yeah. And so that's why he, when he goes to drink at Cheers, he needs to feel more superior, even though he's came from the same background as the majority of the people there. Mm. That blue-collar working family instead of that like white-collar family that he's trying to project out. Right. So. Damn, bro. Damn. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hey, man. You might. You might. You might. You might <laughs> need to get a a, a a contract with one of these companies, man, and then pitch this idea. I you gotta do it both. Got to do it for Golden Girls too, because I love like yours too. Like I would love to see just the whole Blanche story play out. Right. The first four. What? No. The first five episodes of your Golden Girls would show. Yeah, because there's five of them, right? Or four? It's four of them. There's four. Okay. Four Golden So the first four episodes, I would say for yours, is you go through each person's life. So you could start off with, say, Sophia. It shows Mm -hmm. it. And now that can bleed into Dorothy's. Mm -hmm. Then you could could go to Rose. Mm -hmm. And then you go into Blanche. And then at the end of Blanche, like you said, that's where she finds Rose at this shelter. And then they all kind of come together from there. Right. So that's, I would like to see, I would do, I would like to see that where it tells like, in like a 45 minute backstory of each one, kind of like the way that you describe it. Right, right, right. And then just kind of go from there with, you know, throughout the show and how they're, how they live their lives from that point forward, moving to get, moving in together and whatnot. Yeah. Cause in the way that you describe things, it's almost like an American history story as well. Mm-hmm. Facts from the immigrants, uh, you know, Norwegians up in Minnesota, uh, mm-hmm. South in like what 40s, 50s, 60s, around in there, segregated South, yeah, yeah, yeah Jim, Crow, Jim Crow South, all of that. You know, it's you got like a nice American history story, and then the melting pot at the end of these mm-hmm. friends coming together, trying to these different cultures and these different experiences throughout you know you know 60 plus years of life all just you know convening in one area in miami (laughs) (laughs) but that's i thought i thought that was great though how you added in those those historical elements to it i'm I'm a history guy so for you to mention immigrants in america uh the orphan system you know the system of foster care and stuff even back back then as well and like you said, Jim Crow South, mm-hmm. those would be really great, kind of great learning tools as well. If you put it to that historical setting, mm-hmm. like don't don't sugarcoat it because it's not a sitcom. It's it's a drama. So, right, right. You want that. I mean, you want to get gritty. You want to get you want to get yeah. raw. Yeah. yeah you I mean, I, I don't want it sounds kind of bad where I'm like, yeah, I want some rawness of New York where they're you know, beating up, beating up the Italian Americans and then lynching. And, but I think to tell that story and to tell the story of America in there is you need that grittiness. That's a fact. And I don't know if everybody would agree with me, but I think you still need it's messed up as it is. You need that grittiness. But you, I mean, you think about it though, man, you think about like the best dramas 
the ones that that stood the test of time is the ones that weren't afraid to go and touch those issues you know yeah that weren't that weren't that wasn't afraid to go and make a show like make an episode about that like as controversial as as some stuff may be hey that's why they're classics you know i'm I'm pretty sure there's there's controversial stuff and like you know the, the sopranos or yeah. the wire or you know like um the show i've been watching uh recently atlanta um uh, or not atlanta excuse me uh snowfall um like these shows like they, there's some like some some very cringeworthy stuff but that's what makes us go back to it. Like that's what makes us keep going. Like I need more of this. Like this is this is this is excellent content. As yeah. messed up as it is, it's excellent content. That's why, like with the Cheers one, like I need I need the grittiness there too. I need that. Yeah, yours. It sounds we, so we, horrible, but I need that like abuse. I, it, yes, abuse has got to be to like you said to make the good job. It's got to be that gritty, almost over the top uh, abuse with you know, a little with the alcoholic thing too, where he's just bam, pound, 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 mm-hmm. or, you know, nor maybe he's getting close calls with the cops mm-hmm. as well. Maybe get a couple of, couple of Deweys in there because he's driving home drunk from there and gets put into the drunk tank. And maybe somebody tries to talk sense into him, but never quite does. Cause yours, you can really like the one thing, another thing that you can do with yours as well, where, it kind of all leads to like the power of the destruction of alcohol. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the, the, like as, as much as all of these people are going through in their everyday lives and everything of that nature, there, the one constant that's always there for them is the bottle is this bar. We can go to the, go get our, go get our fit to deal with everything that's going on in our lives. Everything, every miserable thing, every, and anxious thing, you know, every type of emotional thing, I can always turn to the bottle. Yeah, because that could be another thing too, where instead of Sam just going to the store to buy the stuff, he buys it for the bar, and he mm-hmm. needs Norm, who's the accountant, to cook the book, so that way nobody gets suspicious that mm-hmm. he's buying all this extra alcohol, but it's not going anywhere in the sales, but it's going to him mm-hmm. to feed his addiction. Because of the toxic relationship he's in with Diane. Layers. Yeah. Layers on top of layers. And that could be another thing with Diane is she feels the need that she's got to put everybody down because, yes, her parents are wealthy. Yes, she's educated, but she's still living in this small apartment in Boston and still just being a cocktail waitress in this, you know, I want to say dingy bar, but in this bar in Boston instead of. Right. So, because she's like real artsy, instead of being a poet or an artist or a writer, this is where she is. Because the whole Cheers episode starts out where she's supposed to marry this guy, and he goes to see his ex-wife because he needs uh, like his grandmother's ring back to give to her before they get married, and he ends up getting back with his ex-wife. So she's laid flat in there, and then she ends up just working at Cheers. So that's mm-hmm. a big thing too, where she's got to work out. It might be why she doesn't want to get close to Sam because she's afraid that she's going to get hurt. So if she puts herself ahead of ahead of him. She feels like she can never be hurt, and then always mm-hmm. keeps a distance as well. Damn. <laughs> yeah, bro. We need to. You know what? We need to uh, pin these ideas. And I think we need to go send this episode to some some producers in Hollywood and uh, get a meeting or something, man. Because would you? Change- yeah, I will. I will watch both of these shows. Now, would you change it? Because like Bel Air is just Bel Air. It's not the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Riverdale is an Archie. It's it. You know, it's Riverdale. So I think you would almost have to change the name. Ch- change the name up a little bit. Yeah, I feel you. I don't know what. So- I- Call mine. Yeah, I'm trying to think of mine too. So it's not Golden Girls. If not Golden Girls, what would we call it? Yeah, mm. I think that's the big. What would you? Well, not the Golden Girls. Thinking about their backstory. Mm, how about? I, damn, I'm, I'm thinking like trials and tribulations because it's just all the stuff that they had to go through to get to the point. Yeah, something like something of that nature. Like trials, tribulations, because it can't. The Golden Girls just sounds nice. Like, okay, these are older ladies, but it doesn't really. It seems like they went through stuff, but it went, but they went through the normal stuff, right? Not watching some, not watching your first love get lynched or marriages break down or husbands dying. How about the Golden Era? 
that I like that. Yeah. Because that goes with that historical theme where that's where they were growing up was the golden age of America. That's where America was thriving the most, but there was so many underlining problems. Mm-hmm. It kind of fits into that where they're all kind of wearing this mask like everything is golden, mm-hmm. but yet there's so- in reality, yeah, in reality, everything isn't so peachy keen. Everything isn't so golden. Like everything is actually is is, is 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 dark. I like the golden age, and they're and they're trying to get to that that golden stage. They're trying to get to the prosperity. You know, that's the that's the that's the title lead on, right? That's the play on from there. Yeah, let's get to that. Yeah, the golden era. Well, I like the golden era. I'm thinking now for yours. What are we thinking? I was thinking like what it could be like. What happens after mm. the bottle? I don't know. I was thinking that. I was thinking the bottle. You were thinking the bottle. I was thinking the bottle. I was a nice, a little too cheesy. Yeah, like problems with the bottle. Then I, a then I was thinking, cheesy. like, what happens after? Because they'll instead of concentrating it more, what goes on in the bar? It's like what happens to each one after they go home. How about no? I mean, what if you do just like like nah? I don't know. Damn, because it's just it's it's cheers. Yeah, right. It's it's cheers, but it's but it's not it's not. Cheers sounds happy. It sounds like me right. drinking and we got our cups and we're like, hey, cheers. Hey, man. cheers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But this, but now, this this is something different. This is this is darker. This is grittier. That's the one. bar? Yeah, I was thinking that one. But wasn't there already a show? Oh, that was a tag team. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember them. <laughs> like the morning after? The morning after. Hmm. Like you've been at you've been at the bar all night. You can always start with at the bar, and then it's like little flashbacks of. Or what if you do like cheers, and then below that the morning after. Yes. So you still keep you know cheers in there. So you know you still keeping the name, but you know so you got cheers, but then like in the, you know, the font that's a little bit grittier and darker underneath it. The morning after. I like that. Or what if you do like cheers? Cheers stories. Yeah, eh. eh, I like. I like to see. I like the morning after thing because it's more like I said. Cheers is more about what's going on in the bar. Like the actual sitcom is more like what's going on in the bar. Where right. this one's more like it starts in the bar, or it could you could always start the show in in the bar and end it where they're all getting to the bar. Mm. So then that way, in the middle is the stories that get played out. And mm-hmm. each episode could kind of concentrate on one person as you go through each one of their stories. Yeah. 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 That's the way to do it. That's definitely the way to do it. And then. Okay. Yeah. I do like yeah. I like your. I like the golden era because it, it sounds nice, but then it's got like like a, that a little bit of a grittiness to it once you see why it's named that where. This was supposed to be the golden era of America at this point. Right. But yet there's so many underlining problems that nobody really yeah. talks about. And you're watching it play out in these women's lives, you know? Yeah. Telling, mm-hmm. telling the history of America and how women come together at the end. Because that's another thing, too. They're all women. Right. Living in that era. Right. I mean, that was... That's I, a whole nother, a whole nother, a whole nother, yeah whole other thing yeah because i know my mom at a layer my mom was born in like the mid 50s and my grandmother got a divorce from my mom's dad at that time and she says that around that time just to get for my grandmother to get an apartment she would have to lie and say that her husband was in the army so that way it would look like she wasn't like this divorced single mom wow yeah so i could i like that so we Let's got it, man. the golden era and cheers the morning after the morning after there. Yo, let's send it in. <laughs> send it in. Cut the tape. <laughs> Give us our contracts. We we are. We are the executive producers of this show, of these shows. Fly us out to Los Angeles. Let's get going. Right. We just got to come up with uh, who, you know, who we want to portray, who and everything like that. Yeah. In, in 2020, in 2022. Yeah. I don't know who I would get. I don't know that many actors. See, I would. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel you, bro. Like all the actors I know is like you know they're all older at this point too. 
like, and they're black. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could, yeah. I said, I need to find some. Imagine, if you, find took, imagine if you took Rose, okay? Right. She's adopted, and you make her black. Ooh, that's another layer. And you just totally blew my mind because she's adopted, right? To Nori. Right. So now she's, it's this taboo thing, too, where she's kind of hidden and not made to look like a daughter but more of like a servant yeah uh, uh yeah like, yeah like more a, like, like arm hand right 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 because there's some good ones in there but yeah yeah it's another added layer right there bro <laughs> but thank you for coming on and doing Dude, this was fun thing. yeah part two part two i want to do a part two with you we gotta we gotta i want to do another one of these this was fun I want to do a part two definitely after doing this. This is great. There's so many, yeah. so many storylines and layers that you could just pull out of these characters. That's a fact, bro. I'm going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to, yeah, we're going to, we're going to do it up. I'm looking forward <laughs> to another one of these. <laughs> and thank you for coming on. And remember to catch new episodes of Let's Talk With No Politics Okay every Sunday on the BICBP Radio Network, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Go to the YouTube channel, check out some Let's Play and tiering videos, and also go to the Let's Talk With No Politics OK Facebook page for great content as well. And with that being said, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. <laughs>